Ollie is a certified professional organizer and life coach who specializes in helping busy creatives be more organized, find work-life integration, and develop within-without balance to create a more fulfilling life. Through compassion-based sessions and an emphasis on the healing powers of nature, Ollie enjoys assisting her clients create self-awareness, find self-actualization, and self-worth. Ollie is also BIPOC and LGBTQIA focused. Please join me in welcoming Ollie to the show today. Hi, everybody. My name is Ollie. I go by she, her, they, them. I'm not very particular about pronouns, but just in case you were interested, um, I was born and raised uh, in a city called Mombasa on the shores of the Indian Ocean in uh, Eastern African country called Kenya. I moved out here as a teenager, lived in Ohio, went to college in Ohio, um, was in a very um, unhealthy relationship for a very long time. And when that relationship ended, I felt like it was setting me up for the beginning of the rest of my life. And um, so I moved from Ohio to California about six years ago now. And that is when I hit rock bottom when I came to California by myself. Um, So leading up to officially becoming a life coach was a lot of... um, Painfully realizing that I had not been in connection with who I truly was. Like my entire life was like fake. I was pretending to be someone else my whole entire life. I was pretending to be what everyone else wanted me to be. And so I neglected who Ollie was. I not only neglected her. I didn't like her very much. And so I did everything I could to hide her. And then um, once I found that all the suffering in my life was because of that, I started the very, very hard work of healing um, all of the hurt and all the wounds that had made me get to the point where I was then. And so that was a lot of therapy. I did a 12-step program. Um, a lot of being honest with what did I want? What does Ollie really want to do with their life? What kind of person does Ollie really want and always wanted to be? And uh, I had played around with wanting to be of service to other people that's always been a calling for me to be of service to other people I just never knew how to be or all of the work that I'd done all the jobs and passions I had pursued previously I thought was ways for me to be of service to others but it wasn't um, with the intention of actually helping other people I didn't realize, but it was all about 
serving me. And so uh, during one of my really, really dark years, maybe a few years ago, I applied to a school to get um, licensing for coaching. And I remember taking classes for about three months. (laughs) And uh, we got to a class where we were talking about the difference between helping someone and saving someone. And I very quickly realized that my intention was to save people, which apparently coaching isn't about saving someone. Um, You can't save anyone. That was a big lesson. And I knew that I couldn't continue until I had found ways where I didn't need to feel like I have to save someone or save a client or friend. And that started with saving myself. I had to, I felt like I was drowning and I was trying to save someone else who was drowning. So it wasn't going to work. So I stopped and I focused on getting myself out of the water, finding tools and techniques to to live on my own and take care of myself. And then once I got to the shore and I built some muscles and I was strong enough, I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready now. I think I can help other people without jumping into the water and trying to pull them out. I can yell and say, hold on and try this and try that without losing myself in the process. And that is essentially how I ended up finishing my course and getting um, officially uh, a life coach title, Uh, though I feel like I've been a life coach my entire life, but I was just not, the intentions were all wrong. Now it comes from a place of like, oh, I want to learn too. I'm helping you because every time I help you, I'm helping myself and I'm growing. Um, And then um, I'm openly queer and black and so um, it's very important to me that my style of coaching is very inclusive and diverse and I'm very focused on helping underprivileged um, groups, minorities, uh, all the people on the fringes of society, as they say. Um, so if you're queer or identify as queer or any race, honestly, and specifically if you're feminine leaning, I'm all about that. And yeah, I think that's that's my story. Wow. What a powerful story, even from the very beginning, how you moved from Kenya to Ohio to California. I can imagine that that took so much courage and must have been very scary at first. Um, it was, it was very scary, but at the same time, I think when you're like a teenager and you feel suffocated where you live or the environment you live in, the idea of moving is very exciting. It's like a chance to escape. It's like, oh, it's a fresh start. I, I, I'll make new friends and maybe my parents will be different or whatever. You know, there's this idea that there's something else 
better out there because you're moving to a different place. But wherever you go, there you are. So I couldn't really escape myself. And I didn't realize that that's what I was doing all that time. Like I said, until I hit rock bottom. But the essence of moving is not easy. It doesn't matter what age. It's 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 a very, very um, uncertain experience to have. It's like, am I going to fit in? Am I going to find friends? Uh, is it going to be a struggle for my parents to take care of us? Like all of these worries, you carry that. And so, yeah, it was very scary. Um, but I think I was more conscious about how scary moving was when I actually moved by myself. Like I didn't have support. I didn't have my family. I wasn't moving with my brother. I wasn't living with my brother. I was not with a significant other living with them, creating a home. I was literally moving by myself for the first time in my entire life. So that was that was really scary moving to California. Yeah, I bet that was a huge transition. While it must have felt liberating to have the autonomy and agency to make that decision, you're just jumping without knowing where you're going to land. Yeah, it's it's truly a leap of faith. Um, and I, I really second-guessed a lot. There were so many times leading up to my actual move where I was like, maybe it's not the right time. Uh, maybe I should move, move to a different state. Maybe California isn't the place for me. But as someone who used to run away from fearful decision-making, I just pushed through. I said, you know what? Just try. You can't always play it safe, Ollie. You have to try those things that scare you because there's something on the other side of that. And I'm so thankful that I pushed through. Oh, absolutely. I always say that growth doesn't come from easy decisions. The biggest growth comes from doing the hard thing. 100%. 100%. Absolutely agree with you. And I think changing your attitude about fear makes things that would normally be fearful less fearful, if that makes sense. Um, now, obviously, I feel like I can move anywhere. It wouldn't be as scary as it was when I was moving here six years ago. I think um, I think there would be more excitement, more openness, more patience, more compassion, more understanding that change is uncomfortable and that's okay. That's just how life is. Um, I think the first time I moved, there was a lot of like resisting like discomfort. I just, I was just chasing comfort. Like, I just need to feel comfortable, blah, blah, blah. But yes, you're absolutely right. You can't grow unless you're uncomfortable. For sure, for sure. And I also love the analogy that you stated previously when you said that you were trying to save others while you yourself were drowning. And I feel like many of us that fall into either codependency patterns or people-pleasing dynamics can desperately relate to that. How did you recognize that that was a habit of yours? I don't know if I'd say I recognized it. It was more like a feeling. I just felt when I became honest with how I was feeling, which I wasn't before, um, once I started to actually listen to my feelings, I felt like I was drowning. That's how 
depressed I felt and anxious I felt. I had all the other symptoms that you have, obviously. On the outside, I could describe it to my therapist. Um, but once we t- once I took that class and the instructor went into depth about boundaries and why we struggle with setting boundaries. I just recognized a lot of myself. And he was just saying that if you don't have boundaries, you can't be, you can't help anyone. You can, but you won't really be helping them. It'll be something that you're using for yourself. You're manipulating the person. You want to feel good because you're helping the person. That's not the intention of helping someone, it has nothing to do with you, actually. So when I went home and I thought about boundaries and how I lacked boundary setting majorly, no one had ever taught me how to set boundaries. So how was I supposed to know that I didn't have those and I didn't know how to set them? And so, uh, yeah, I just, I looked back on how I was feeling and also his description about what that can look like. And it felt like that I was already doing that in my life. And if I was to make this a living, someone is paying me money to help them. I needed to take care of myself first and make sure that I had the tools and I was prepared mentally, emotionally, physically, in all ways to be as helpful as I could be in an authentic, genuine, healthy way. And you're so right. No one teaches us how to communicate or speak our truth or set boundaries in relationships. A lot of us learn the hard way and that's by what not to do or by lack of boundaries and having those lines blurred. So Mm -hmm. can you kind of share, how did that impact your relationships? I know you mentioned that you were in an unhealthy relationship for quite some time. Do you feel like the boundaries and perhaps feeling like you had to save someone else before you saved yourself was a contributing factor to that? I think so. I think because for, for my experience in my, that relationship was, I thought I was being this perfect, not perfect partner, but I just thought like I was doing great. I thought the support I was offering was great. I thought I was being a very compassionate, understanding partner. But once I learned more about how in relationships, what controlling really looks like, what manipulation really looks like, what gaslighting really looks like what stonewalling really looks like what fear really looks like I saw myself in all of those things so in fact I wasn't being the partner that I thought I was being I was just so afraid of rejection and being abandoned, that I was doing anything in my power, which is what it was. I was just trying to control this other person. So realizing all of those things, to me, start from like 
how I felt about myself. There's a reason why I was insecure. There's a reason why I was so controlling. There's a reason for all of that. And I understood that that started with me. It wasn't them. In the relationship, it was all them. I blamed them for everything. But actually, (laughs) I had half the blame for that relationship. And um, getting to the point where I started to like myself, find that I was enough. I didn't have to perform to be loved and realizing that I was worthy just the way I am. I didn't have to be this perfect human being doing perfect things in the house, being this perfect giving person all the time, never saying no. I didn't have to do all of those things to be loved. That just being a human being is worthiness. And I think once I found myself to be lovable, it was so much easier than to learn to set boundaries because boundaries were also my way of showing someone love. It doesn't seem that way in the beginning, but in actuality, it's loving yourself and loving the person you're in a relationship with, no no matter what type of relationship it is. And so, yeah, uh, yeah. So boundaries eventually came come to me I think and to everyone else naturally once you realize that you're you're just fine just the way you are that's beautiful and I love what you said that that truth and sometimes that hard truth and the accountability when you looked at yourself in the mirror because so many of us how many of us say oh I'm in a toxic relationship my partner's a narcissist Mm -hmm. like always about them but how few of us actually look in the mirror and can honestly say wow I'm falling into manipulative patterns of behavior I'm the controlling one I play a part in this relationship Mm -hmm. I can imagine that that took so much bravery to be able to admit that to yourself because at least for myself I know when I have felt those things in the past I automatically blamed myself and felt like I was a bad person which then made me feel even more unlovable. But it was just this terrible cycle that continued. So that must have been so liberating when you actually said that to yourself and admitted that you contributed to the pattern. Yeah, it was it was quite uh, shocking to my system. Like, because <laughs> I had maintained for years, like, oh, no. I'm a really like the I'm the best partner like you won't find a better partner more loving more understanding more and then you realize that was all a lie and you're like oh what and I like I like the analogy of every single interaction or reaction you have to another human being if you start to see that as a mirror you'll realize it's all you. It's just you. It's not, no one does anything to you, really. You can't say, oh, you make me anxious. No, no one can make you anxious unless you're already anxious. Mm-hmm. Oh no, you, you're so annoying. You're irritating. And why can't you just do things like this? And it's like, no, that's just what you want. And so once I, I looked back, the years I put into the relationship thinking I've done all these things and why the relationship didn't work. And then 
I was like, no, that was all me, actually. No, I contributed to that. So originally, it was very shocking to have this high-minded image I had about who I was. But then it humbled me. It It just made me realize that the reason why I had such unhappy relationships in the past was because I wasn't being authentic. I wasn't being myself. Do you know what I mean? And so once I started to be more open, more vulnerable, to really pay attention to what I wanted and respect other people and to be okay with what are the little things about me that maybe are not perfect, quote unquote. Um, I, I think it just, it, I guess, empowering, like you say, it's, uh, it just, I don't know, I just got so excited the more I learned about who I truly was. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to finally get to a place where I'm experiencing contentment. Um, I'm not experiencing a lot of extreme highs and lows in all the relationships I have. That was like a pattern. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm excited for that. I'm excited to get to a place where I feel grounded and clear and safe um, in my own skin, in my own mind, in my own heart, in my own soul. And ever since, ever since then, um, for me, relationships are just so fun and exciting and challenging in like a, in a, like a beautiful, like way of growing. It's like, it's just, I don't know. I just, every relationship I enter into now, I'm just so excited because I know how limited our time here is on earth and seasons come and go nothing is guaranteed so I just go in really hard and I give my best and my all and I try to be as honest as I can some people will want to spend time with me for one hour some people one month some people five years some people 10 years and that's fine I'll still focused on being the best me that's true to who I truly am. Well said. Well said. I want to wrap up with this final question. For people that were in the space that you were when you felt like you had to be X, Y, and Z in order to be loved, when you didn't believe that just by existing you were lovable, what would you say to those people that feel that way right now? Honestly, if someone else had told me something years ago when I was in that relationship, I don't think I would have heard them because I wasn't ready. Do you know what I mean? It's that's what the other thing I've learned about coaching and having clients is unless the student is ready, the teacher will not appear. And so the only thing I can tell you listener is trust that it will be okay in the end just trust that it will be okay you will get there it seems 
challenging and painful and you're probably suffering a lot and you're confused and lost and questioning everything and you think it's you're the one who always attracts these type of people and self-blame and all of that but honestly if you continue trying to find you in there as long as you continue to do that you will get there and it will be okay in the end I attest to that I second that absolutely could not have said it better myself yeah honestly like if you had told me this like 10 years ago I'd have been like okay whatever like I don't get like you don't you don't understand my relationship you don't get it but I think if anything stays with anybody, it, with anyone, it's just that you just trust that journey. Trust that as long as you're trying your best and you're trying to go inward, not outward, you will get there. And I also like to emphasize on finding a sense of support, like getting a community like surround yourself with people who want you to be happy, to find um, ways where they can support you, whether it's someone telling you like, hey, I think maybe you should talk to a therapist or, hey, have you ever tried a 12-step program or, hey, there are life coaches that can help you with that area, like finding spaces where you feel safe enough to be honest and where when you get feedback it's to support you to be a healthier version of whoever you want to be amen that safe space is so important but also people that will be honest with you and not tell you what you want to hear right and i think that's uh that's one of those things i've learned through my experience of coaching is not necessarily always telling someone what I think they should do because that's not my job. My job is just to help you find yourself, um, discover who you truly are, become more aware of your behaviors and your actions and your thought patterns and all that, the rest of it is up to you. And so that's, I think what I mean by finding people who support you. So it's not like somebody trying to tell you how you think you should have a relationship and what type of relationship it should be and what you should and shouldn't do. That's not really what I'm advocating for in terms of finding support and community. It's more of people who are like, Oh, you you want to vent. Okay. I'll listen. I don't have any advice, but I'll listen. Ooh, okay. Sounds like uh, you're struggling a bit here mentally. I'm not an expert in mental health. Have you thought about reaching out to someone who's licensed to help you? That's more of like the kind of support I would love for people to have, if you can. But if not, obviously, just look for those things by yourself too, so... Of course, yes. And I was going to ask if someone did want to work with you and wanted to learn more about your coaching services, where can they find you? Oh, yes. Um, 
on Instagram, you can follow me at Ollie, O-L-Y, at Organize with Ollie. That's actually my email, Ollie at OrganizeWithOllie.com. My handle on IG is Organize with Ollie. And then I also have a website, which is www.organizewithollie.com. You can reach out to me either any of those forms of communication. I give discovery calls are free. You can always just call to chat so we can figure out if it's something you want to do, if it's something I want to do too, and we can come to a mutual decision about that. Those are always free. So don't hesitate to reach out. I'm always here for you. Wonderful. And I'll be sure to link all those in the show notes so that people can check you out. Because I'm sure Thank you. you after today's episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and your kindness as always, Ollie. It was so exciting to have you back on the show after our work together. <laughs>